today. It's December 10th, 2020, closing in on the end of the year. I'm Dan Benjamin. Welcome to the show, to the morning show. How are you? Hope everything is going pretty good. I, I don't know if I actually, you know, you ever have one of those nights where you just like, you feel like you're asleep, but you don't know if you actually slept at all the entire evening. That last night was one of those nights. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to stream this out to Periscope as well as YouTube. Seems simple. Seems so simple. I was using Restream.io to send it out to multiple different locations at the same time. And it was working beautifully, but there's something weird that happens. At the end of the stream, Restream does not properly tell YouTube that it's done. And that is why these shows were not ever coming out on time. They would sit for 24 hours before YouTube would allow them to appear on my channel the regular way. Very weird. When I stream directly to YouTube, right away, as soon as I'm done, 30 seconds, a minute later, it's live. So now I'm actually streaming <clears throat> two different ways. Uh, I don't want to talk about the ins and outs of this, but the, the, the long and the short of it is you should be seeing this on Periscope Live and on YouTube Live. And so that is what I would like for somebody to tell me on Periscope. Just say hi in the chat so I know that you're receiving this. If not, I'm going to have to sit here and take up time looking at the phone. And no one wants me to take up time looking at the phone. I don't even want to look at my phone. So someone in Periscope, if it's reaching you, just say hi. And there's a there's a little bit of a delay. Ah, hi, Brianne. Brianne says hi. Little thumbs up. So here we are. The, uh, the holy grail of streaming happening right here today. Uh, there's so much, so much going on right now, but I've tried to narrow it down to the things that you are going to care about because you know, I know that this is, uh, your favorite part of the day. It sure is mine. And we're here together to enjoy. This is the thing you're going to watch this and the, I don't, this is kind of the bad news, but the rest of your day is not going to be as good as this 30 minutes right here. It's going to be good, but it's not going to be this good. This right here, well, us hanging out together is the best part of your day. And I'm going to implore you to share this with your friends. When this goes uh, and posts, please retweet it, retweet it and say, this is how I start my day. Dan and I start the day together and it's going to be amazing. I, I, I beg you to do that. I'm begging. You can't tell that I'm on my knees begging right now, but now I'm back in the chair. See, you couldn't even tell. You couldn't even tell. Okay. Now, some interesting news came out. Very interesting news came out uh, yesterday. Again, back on the Spider-Man thing. <laughs> uh, Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil in the Netflix Marvel TV show Daredevil, is now reportedly joining the cast and is going to be in Spider-Man 3. Oh, my God. I loved Daredevil. This is one of the best TV shows I ever watched. I loved this show. Loved it. And Charlie Cox was amazing in it. And he deserves to be in this movie. He's great. He played Daredevil better than anyone's ever played Daredevil, in my opinion. And he needs to be a part of this show, this, this movie. And I tweeted about it yesterday and I said, now we just need Willem Dafoe, uh, that would be amazing. But let me just give you the wrap up of who's going to be in this thing. Listen to this. Uh, 
It says, for weeks there have been claims including the following. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will play their respective Spider-Man characters again. Kirsten Dunst will reprise her role as Mary Jane. Alfred Molina has been on the set playing his Doc Ock character from the original trilogy. Jamie Foxx is playing Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. And you already saw that J.K. Simmons has reprised his role in Spider-Man 2 uh, as uh, J. Jonah Jameson. If they got Willem Dafoe to come back at as Green Goblin, oh my God, my head would explode. Uh, Chris in the chat says, trying to do the math, Netflix had like a 24-month lock. And that is the that is the interesting part of this, is that after Netflix and Marvel, I guess they couldn't come to an agreement. Marvel wanted to do some different things. A merger with Sony changed some things up. They said they couldn't do the show quite the same way. They didn't want to do any more Netflix shows. But Netflix basically locked them in so that they couldn't do anything with any of those characters that had been on the Netflix show. So you've got Jessica Jones, you've got Daredevil, you've got Iron Fist, and um, and a couple other ones. And, uh, and they were locked in. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't get out of that. Now the time has passed, so maybe they can. They're saying they need a Spider Gwen. Yeah, they do. Uh, and uh, Matt Bubkis in the chat says, "Hopefully, we can have animated Miles Morales too." Uh, you know, the the Spider Verse Two is coming out. What year was that? Fact check me. Twenty twenty two. Um, I don't know, but um. The lock was on Cox, not the character, they, Chris says. So thank you for the fact-checking there. Anyway, I'm excited about this. If Willem Dafoe just makes a cameo, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? And they could finally give a good, give him a good Green Goblin costume, too, in the process. <laughs> okay, so you know those horrifying uh, dog robots and, and other robots that Boston Dynamic makes and has made for a while. Well, they've been looking for a buyer. Well, it turns out Hyundai Motor uh, will acquire Boston Dynamics. Uh, the acquisition deal will be finalized uh, today in their board meeting. Uh, basically, it's a one trillion won, which is for 921 million. So in other words, about a billion dollars. Uh, and this is... <laughs> The, this is in an article called, I mean, a, a website called The Robot Report. <laughs> the Robot Report. Uh, anyway, um, Boston Dynamics makes those crazy weird robots, and now Hyundai uh, is going to have those, and it'll have the robots. Um, you know, they're doing some really cool things. They've sent them over into Chernobyl, I think, uh, and Spot is the name of that one robot that, that went in there. So anyway, you know, you think about quantum computing and you think about the robots and pretty soon you're going to have something scary running around or maybe not. Um, oh, Cloudflare has done another cool thing. They just announced that DNS thing with Apple yesterday, right? Well, today or yesterday, late yesterday, they announced they have this uh, web analytics, which they call privacy first web analytics. Uh, so they announced back in September that they were doing a, uh, a web analytics product. And uh, now anyone can sign up to use it. You don't have to change your DNS settings. Uh, and, uh, and basically what you do is you add a little HTML snippet 
just like you would with Google Analytics, to your website. And then they will give you analytics. And it says, what can I do with Cloudflare Web Analytics? We've worked hard to make our analytics as powerful and flexible or flexible as possible while still being fast and easy to use. It says uh, the most common questions are, how much traffic did I get? And how many people visited? I say we answer this by measuring page views. Let's introduce you to this concept of page views. Thank you, Cloudflare. The total number of times a page view was loaded and visits the number of times someone landed on the page. But here's the thing. These look really good. Cloudflare has a really good uh, design aesthetic, and these look really good. And, of course, they're free, but you can also do things like add filters, and uh, it's all free. And they have something they call their ABR technology, which serves analytics uh, that get up to 1 billion requests per day. So that's it. And, of course, it's optimized, and it's very efficient, and the JavaScript is very nice. Anyway... Okay, hold on. Too soon. Too soon. We'll get to that at the end. Oh, uh, okay. Now, I hate that this link <laughs> is on TMZ. I don't really want to link to TMZ, but they actually had the best video of this. So SpaceX had a high-altitude test flight of what they call their rocket that's called Starship. And... Uh, it crashed. This is the short version. It crashed. Now, they said, Elon Musk, who's moving here, by the way, welcome to Texas, buddy. Uh, maybe uh, maybe he can get uh, legal weed here. Anyway, uh, the landing was a crash landing, but he said apparently that he thought it was going to be. They expected it to be a crash landing. I, I don't know. I don't think they really expected it to be a crash landing. I think maybe they thought that it might be a uh, a crash landing but apparently that doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh it just it just crash landed and they said that's all right we're all right with that we got all the data we needed we but it seems like a very expensive way to get data uh hold on the, the chat is on fire over here um it says uh oh okay uh so chris is saying he can get me better links send them send them over uh and uh oh Punk Junk and Jazz says, I'm comfortably being the only visitor in the Twitch stream. You know, I also stream to Twitch uh, in case you're over there. Twitch.com slash or TV. What is it? Slash Dan Benjamin something. Go watch on Twitch. Uh, but yeah, Chris is <laughs> Chris is like my link man now. He says it was an overwhelming success. Um, so that's good. But let me show you this video of it. It, it, so it, you're going to see it take off. And there's that certain sound when it takes off that sounds like the air is ripping. If you've ever seen a launch, like I used to live in uh, the Space Coast in Orlando, and we used to you see the launches, and there's a sound that uh, is just very cool. So here's the video on TMZ. Sorry. So for those who are just tuning in with audio only, this is a video of a rocket ship taking off. Five, four, three. Two, one, zero. So there it goes, taking off. I'm always ready for the uh, MTV intro music to play, the top of the hour news report, but here you go. And now I always expect to see like a huge flame at the bottom of the rocket, but it looks very, very small. I guess it's all relative, isn't it? So there's this video taking off. Now I'm gonna jump ahead to the end where it crashes. 
Ooh. Not so good, huh? Not so good. But apparently, this was okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, speaking of videos, YouTube has come out on their official blog uh, with an update to how they are going to be supporting the integrity of the 2020 election. Basically, what they're doing is they're removing content that, I guess, contradicts the fact that the election went the way that it did. Uh, they say that they have, since September, they've terminated over 8,000 channels and thousands of harmful and misleading elections-related videos for violating their policies. Over 77% of those removed videos were taken down before they had 100 views. So they're pretty proud of their algorithm. Uh, but they said yesterday was a safe harbor deadline for the U.S. presidential, presidential election, and enough states have certified their election results to determine a president-elect. Given that, we will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any time after that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Now, I wonder if, because I just said those words, if this video will get terminated or not, but I hope not because I'm just reading their own content, but we'll see. You can't say anything about that. You can't uh, give anything, and now you're just going to be gone. So if you say those words together, uh, you, will be, you will be blown off of YouTube. Summary execution, terminated. And uh, they're within their rights to do that, aren't they? Uh, now, I'm still trying to find a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox or both. So if, you know, and the reason that these things are so hard to find is because uh, they, the bots go and grab them. So the minute that they're on a website for sale, it got so bad, Walmart actually had to pull a listing of them on the website. The only way that you can get one from Walmart now is to go into your local store and get one. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, Punk uh, Junk and Jazz says, I got the sense from the SN8 launch on Twitch that the crash was not intended but not surprising, right? The launch, the rollover, the glide, the 80% return to vertical landing were all success marks, right? Oh, and Chris has sent me the actual SpaceX uh, feed on YouTube. Thank you very much for sending that. I appreciate it. Um, okay, now we're talking about games and the fact that I can't get a, uh, now I was able to get for my kid's birthday, I was able to get him a monitor. Monitors are like impossible to find right now, especially gaming monitors, good ones, curved ones, they're all delayed. I think Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the fact that everybody's now working from home has like dried up the monitor market, but I was able to get one. It's a curved 27 inch MSI brand with a 1080p and it's got like 150 or 160 uh, refresh rate or one millisecond thing. It's all the good specs that he wanted. So he's very happy with that. Uh, I was able to get one of those, but I still can't get the damn PlayStation or Xbox, um, which sucks. But China now has some numbers coming in about the switch and listen to this uh the switch sold more than 1.3 million units this year they say through both legal and gray market channels they said it's double the combined sales of playstation 4 and xbox one in the same time period in china we're just talking about china and this takes the lifetime sales to nearly four million dollars which is pretty cool but 
uh, that's dealt. So take the sales of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, combine them, and the Switch has sold almost twice as much as that. The Switch is great. Do you have a Switch? I have a Switch. Do you like Do you like to play the Switch? I love it. I think it is really, really awesome. Uh, so I recommend a Switch. Of course, I still want to get the PlayStation. So if you have any leads for me, or if you have one, and you're just one of those people that bought five, sell me one. All right. I don't understand what I'm about to show you here. I don't understand this. Uh, oh, and they're saying in the chat room that, that many people have the Switches. Two Switch uh, home here. I love, love the Switch. Okay. I don't understand what I'm showing you. I don't understand what this is. Stan Smith has gotten a, uh, this sneaker has gotten a Gremlins-inspired makeover. So if you're watching this, which you should be, this is a sneaker that has, it has fur on it, brown fur on one side, and then on the other side, sort of a, a beige or gray fur, which is the same color as the Mogwai version of the Gremlin. I'm not talking about when they eat after midnight. I'm talking about when they're cute. But look at the back of this thing. It's got an eye. Is that the best picture of the eye? Yeah. Okay, so look. Here it, <laughs> it, sh <laughs> it shows them in a box, and it's looking like uh, Gizmo. <laughs> the Mogwai looking out of the box with the two creepy eyes like that. It's got an eyes on the back, so like where you would pull the shoe on by your ankle. It's got an eye. <laughs> It says, uh, Christmas spirit is ramping up in the world of sneakers as Adidas is readying the release of Stan Smith inspired by a cult 80s movie, Gremlins. Is this a cult movie? I don't think it's a cult movie. I always thought that a cult movie means the movie came out. It didn't really do that well. But then later on, it developed a following. And the people who are in that following of people who love the movie... You then are the cult of lovers of that movie. That's a cult film. So Big Lebowski is definitely a cult film. It didn't do that well when it came out in theaters. Uh, but, of course, we all still love it. So I don't know if, the, if Gremlins could be considered a cult film because it did really, really well. In fact, I'm now curious how well it did. It might have a cult following, but it is not a cult film. It's budget. Now you tell me if this counts as a as a cult film. Okay, listen up. Came out June eighth, nineteen eighty four. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. One hundred and six minutes. Budget eleven million. Box office two hundred and twelve point nine million. Is this a cult film? Would you call it a cult film? It may have a following. I don't even think I would call it a cult following. I think this is a blockbuster film. Uh, I would not call it a cult film in any way by any stretch of the imagination. Now, let's, let's do a quick comparison with The Big Lebowski. If I can type. I'm typing. I'm clicking. Okay. The Big Lebowski... This sounds more like a cult film to me. 15 million budget. That's 4 million and only only four, five years later than Gremlins. 15 million. In other words, I mention that because you don't really need to adjust for inflation very much. 15 million budget, 46.7 million in the box office. That doesn't even say how much they spent on marketing the film and other things like that. 
it did better than break even, but is not a box office success. That could qualify as a uh, as a cult film for sure. For sure. Anyway, I <laughs> that's not what we were talking about, but I just want to tell these people at high snobiety that it is not a cult movie. Okay, have I proved my point? The comedy horror film, which premiered in 1984, follows the story of the man who is gifted a strange creature called a mogwai as a pet. Okay, so let let let's. Has this person ever seen the movie? No one was a, a <laughs> this is not what happened in the movie. Um, a man, he, calling him a man, he's a teenager in high school or maybe early college. No, he's like in high school, isn't he? He's, he's not, <laughs> Aaron, Gust- Alex Gustafson says, these shoes are cursed. It's a, it's a kid. He's a kid. That's the whole point of the movie. He lives at home with his mom and his dad. He's a high school student. He's not a man. A man who is gifted a strange creature. The, the, the kid's dad is an inventor, and he's traveling. He's like a traveling inventor trying to peddle his little gizmos, hence the name. And he winds up in this really weird, like, ancient Chinese store with an old ancient wise Chinese man who refuses to sell him the mogwai, but he kind of sort of gives him money and steals it at the same time and then takes the mogwai and gives it to his son for Christmas. That's just the first 10 minutes of the movie. I haven't spoiled that much for you. A man is not really get anyway. It says the mogwai then spawns other destructive and evil monsters. This person has never seen the movie. This person has never seen the movie. It does not spawn other destructive evil monsters. It spawns other cute little gremlins. If they eat after midnight, they transform into monsters. Hi, Snobiety, you've let me down. I don't care. I'll spend the rest of the dang show on just talking about this because it's so wrong. Anyway, (laughs) these shoes are coming out on the 19th. They will cost $120. And it doesn't say if they're limited or not. Like if you're just going to be able to get these things, I've never been. I've never been successful, ever getting anything. Whenever it's like a limited release like this, and I've tried a few times, I feel like I have to get these. I don't want them. I agree that they're cursed. I think nobody should own them. But I'm going to try to get these. I probably won't be successful, so don't hold your breath. But I'm going to try. Okay, now. Uh, Here's an interesting article talking about how prepping is going mainstream. One of the things I'm going to be talking about on Out There, the uh, new, I call it the UFO show, but it's much more than UFOs. I plan to be talking about preppers and prepping, and that'll be one of the topics uh, because, you know, you talk about the world coming to an end. That's certainly a topic that I'm interested in. Uh, But there's an article in the BBC News today talking about why preppers are going mainstream mainstream so they of course they tell this in a, in a story but that's okay because this is more like an op-ed piece so i'll allow it um it says it was late october 2012 and hurricane sandy had just hit new york there was a large almost phosphorescent flash and that was the main power plant that powered all of lower manhattan going out there was this bright otherworldly eerie glow and then everything just went black and this is they're speaking to uh i think her name is julie frederickson there And uh, she says, I realized I wasn't prepared for even basic things. I didn't have enough water. I didn't have a radio to listen to emergency broadcasts, and I never wanted to experience that again. And that triggered her, Julie, to start 
being more prepared. She says when the when the COVID pandemic hit, she knew exactly what to do. She decamped from New York City and she went to Colorado. She has a go bag permanently packed with emergency supplies. She and her husband are now going to build a bunker somewhere. Uh, if you've ever had to be through go through something like a hurricane, and I have many times in Florida when I lived there, and that's why I will never go back. You start to learn that you need to have some degree of self-reliance. So think about this. And this is kind of my second topic for today. What would you do if you found out right now, today, no preparation, you can't do anything, right now, your power is going to be out for two weeks? What would you do? Are you prepared for that? You still have your car, let's say. Let's say you don't live in a downtown area of a city. Let's say you're a little bit suburban. You've got, you know, you've got your house. Maybe you're lucky enough to have gas. Well, let's say the gas still runs. I'll give you that. Uh, and let's say the water still runs. Just don't have electricity. How would you deal with that? All of your food is going that you have in your refrigerator will go bad in maybe if you're really careful two to three days. How many dry goods do you have? Do you have any ration foods? Do you have any foods that have been, um, you know, MRE type foods? MRE stands for meal ready to eat. I do. I have enough food that would last me and my family a couple weeks. I could get through it. It would suck, but I could get through it. Um, I definitely don't have enough water stored for two weeks. So what would you do about that? How many people out there are fully prepared for something like this? I'm curious, and I would love to hear it in the chat room. Are you... Um, hi, <laughs> Niblips. <laughs> First time in the chat. Welcome. Um what would you do? What would you do? Maybe the answer is that you would leave your house and you would go somewhere else. Do you have a go bag packed? What's in it? So this is the kind of thing that I think is really, really interesting. And, and it is not that I'm going to argue and maintain that being prepared, being a prepper, if you will, is not necessarily fringe anymore. And that's what this article is suggesting. It says, uh, that's not to say those fringe elements have disappeared altogether, just that the communities themselves, we're talking about the communities of preppers, have become more diverse. Uh, on the prepared, this is a, a show, Mr. Ramsey does not allow any talk of politics, the site's uh, website. The site's biggest age bracket is those aged 25 to 35, then 35 to 45. Most are living in urban rather than rural areas, and they're split evenly between men and women, he says. Uh, and it's an interesting article if you want to learn about it, because I think COVID has uh, woken a lot of people up to the fact that they don't know how to do basic things. Uh, if you needed to, would you know how to start a fire? Would you have the right tools to start a fire? Here's a little picture of uh, what preppers like to have a few weeks worth of supplies that might go into their uh, go bag or something like that. Um, are, you, are you guys prepared? What would you do if you suddenly found out, even let's just say three days you were not going to have power. You'd say, well, we'll deal with it. We'll light candles. Three days seems manageable, right? Do you have a, a grill with a propane tank? You could cook. You could make your coffee in the morning if you had a little burner off to the side. Most people don't even have these things. Do you, do you even have a little can of Sterno that you could use to heat something in an emergency? I'm going to guess you don't. Do you have a silly question? Do you have a hunting knife that you could use to get some, you know, batoning some wood even you know like can you start at your own fire do you have a fireplace could you make a pit in your backyard these things sound silly and you say i'm not going to have to do that but i'll tell you what in many many states uh here in the united states 
the power grid is stretched to the to the limits already it's already maxed out what if your power just goes off because of rolling blackouts there's a lot of things to think about so i'll leave you with that uh, but the very last thing i'm going to uh, play for you today this is a wonderful video that i found uh, the guy's name is Lawrence Road, and uh, I, I don't know, he's got, this video has got, as of right now, almost 72,000 views on it. Uh, I think you should go to this guy's channel, he's got a lot of fun videos on the channel. But basically what he's doing here is that he has uh, a talk box, and he does a lot of cool music with his keyboards and his talk box, and he made a video where he is using his talk box to explain to you how to use a talk box. And it is amazing. And I wish I could play this whole thing for you. I don't know if, you know, if he'll allow that or not, but I'm going to play just part of it. Uh, it's wonderful and uh, enjoy this. And then we'll close out the show. It's so good. All right, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna play the whole thing here, but uh, it's so good. You gotta watch the rest of this video. It's such a fun song. It's really good, and you learn how a talk box works. It's very catchy. Go check this video out. Um, you can find the notes to this episode. I'm finally gonna get the episode number right. I promise. It's gonna be a dbl.fireside.fm/slash15. Got it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I think I finally got this streaming thing down. Please uh, like and subscribe and hit the bell in YouTube so you'll get notified when I do this. That's important. Love it when you tune in live. Periscope people, if you're following me on Periscope or follow me on Twitter, I'm Dan Benjamin in both places. I love that you're tuning in here. The majority of y'all are on Periscope, which is really interesting to me, and I like that. So keep tuning in and we'll be back. I'm going to have a couple really funny surprises for you guys tomorrow on Friday's show. Uh, so thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good one.